Good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Jody Cedric, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And I want to tell you, man, since last week's episode of A Dad's Experience with Suicide, the outpouring of love and comments and of support have been truly amazing, and even the questions. And so it made me realize that it might be good for me to do a part two to share with you some of the practical things that we, Judy and I, have put in place to ensure the safety of not only our child that's struggling with those mental challenges, but also the rest of the family because all of us are affected. And so I thought I would give you guys some practical tools this week to help you if your family's going through those. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you that I'm part of the Speak Fire family. We're an incredible group of men and women who are trying to impact lives by helping you become the best versions of yourself, as well as I want to give a shout out to Rethinking Rich, who gives me lots of support and advice. And so thank you guys for being a part of my life and part of the show. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. This your boy Jay Gibson, CEO and founder of Rethink Rich Academy, Rethink Rich Incorporated, with a new face of finance. Get used to it. And I just want to tell you guys, if you're looking for elite financial training and coaching, but not just about investment, to help your whole life. I want you to go to RethinkRichAcademy.com. We are doing free training right now for the entire year of 2020. So join me on Facebook at Rethink Rich Academy and follow me on social at Rethink Rich. After last week's episode, I had a phenomenal opportunity to meet with a really good um, friend, a man that has become a really good friend over the past year. And as I was talking to him about some of the challenges, the more intimate challenges that we as a family have undergone over the last five years, he made the comment, he said, wow, Jody, I just, I can't imagine what you guys are going through and your ability to stay positive and to stay upbeat and to still be willing to reach out and uplift other people is really, really inspiring. And so I want to thank him, first of all, for that comment. But I also wanted to address that because I think a lot of times we look at people that are doing everything to put on their game face. And we think that everything is going on awesome in their life when there could be a tornado happening in their home, in their mind, in their heart. And so we need to give everybody a little bit of grace because you never know what the backstory is as they are working through their individual problems, either as a person or as a family. It also made me realize too, as I've thought about this, that while there are phenomenal organizations and even toll-free numbers for the 1-800 hotline to help you through suicide, 
what I've realized in, at least in our experience is that in the heat of the situation, you are not going to call the 1-800 number. They don't have the background. They don't, they're, they don't have the experience of your family other than if you were to call them what you could share with your heart. And what I found, at least in our situation, is that there's so much chaos, so much thing, so many things happening all at once that the last thing in your mind is calling a 1-800 number. And so we've tried to take a very practical approach to trying to implement things ahead of the crisis and address things as they happen or are building up to happen that um, if we can get those things in place early rather than later, it makes a huge impact. So let's talk about some practical tips. And last week I actually touched on this a little bit and I think it's important that I revisit it. And especially if you're dealing with a family member that is um, prone to um, misuse medications or harm themselves by cutting or other more serious um, attacks on their physical body uh, with knives or stuff. It is critical that you purchase safes and put those in your house. Now we have a safe in our kitchen. We have a safe in our bathrooms and each of those hold the knives and the medications. And Quite honestly, when we first implemented those, I was pretty frustrated. I was pretty aggravated and in some ways felt a little like a prisoner in my own house that I would even have to lock away these items that for most people, they're just everyday usage. And so I've had to really realize that those safes are like a fence and they're protecting my loved ones, both the person that has the tendency to go to those items and also the siblings and, and me and my wife, because when your loved one is in that mental state, I mean, it really, really is unpredictable. And so I have to look at those as safeguards, not imprisonment. And that requires a shift in your mindset of going, you know what? Yes, I'm having to put these restrictive things in place, but these restrictive things are in place to protect my family, to protect every single person. And so I've really had to, to change my mind shift about implementing some of these things. The other thing, and I talked a little bit about it last week, is you need to make sure that you are getting the psychological counseling for that loved one and maybe even yourself and other family family members because it truly truly does affect every single person um, in your family now one of the things that judy and i have done and i'm telling you it has been a huge factor in our mental stability our mental strength is that every day Judy and I get up and we work out together. And that has been a phenomenal time for us not only to get in that physical activity, to start our day, getting the body moving, to get the blood flowing, to get our mind reset. It's amazing what happens when you get those endorphins flowing, what they do to help you get into a mental and physical and emotional state to prepare you for that day. So that has been a really, really critical thing. And what's been amazing about that is we've also invited other people to be part of 
our fitness groups and you can hear the planes flying overhead so just ignore those so um, but yes having that physical activity really really makes a big difference and it doesn't have to be a significant amount of time it can be 20 minutes or 30 minutes and most of mine and, and Judy's workouts they're exactly 30 minutes and so we get up we uh, and we get moving and we inspire and talk to other people that are part of our challenge groups and it really does make a significant impact the other thing that we've done is we have my wife takes uh, ladies retreats so we try to do it once a quarter but it ends up most often being once every six months or so but we we try to do it once every three months and judy and my sister and a bunch of friends they all get together and they go up to a cabin in mccall or they go to one of the the girlfriend's houses and they just have a weekend together they leave on a friday and they come home sunday night and they do fun girly stuff you know they cook they do their nails, they do pedicures and manicures, they do their hair, they talk, they commiserate, they laugh, they watch movies. And it's amazing what happens when my wife gets back on that Sunday, how rejuvenated and how fresh and how uplifted she feels. And you can see it in every bit of her countenance. And it's a great opportunity for her to not only reset her heart and mind, but also connect with other women that are her friends, her sisters, the people that she can really talk to on an intimate level and just be a lady, just be a girl and just have some fun together. And it's really, really important that you take that time for yourself. Now, what I've done is, um, so Judy and I get up every morning at six. I actually get up at five. So I get up an hour earlier to have my own personal and private um, devotional. And that time is absolutely amazing. I get up, I pray, I read the scriptures, I listen to inspirational messages, I listen to podcasts. And what's been a real blessing of late to me is my really good friend and mentor, Sean Hart, has been joining me a couple times a week and he and I have a devotional together. And so we will open up the scriptures and we will pick one and we will just start reading them verse by verse and talking about how they touch our heart, the impressions that we receive, the things that are sparked in our mind about things that we can do not only to grow personally, excuse me, to grow personally, but also to um, help our families grow and to be the leaders in, in our family. And so that has been just a phenomenal time for me to, to have somebody that I can share not only spiritual things, but very intimate and personal things. And having someone that you can walk through and become stronger as brothers and as friends is really, really um, has been a critical thing for me in helping me stay in a strong mindset. The other thing that has been absolutely phenomenal to me is I have two really good friends. I have Brent Cotter, uh, Reed Young, who reach out to me almost every week. Um, and it, it's great. I mean, Reed, I especially love him because sometimes he'll go, hey, man, 
just wanted to call or sometimes, hey, why don't you come over and help me bend some metal? Because he's a fabricator and he can make some amazing things. And I can't do crap other than be the, the heavy, right? The, to be the grunt. And just having that one-on-one, man-to-man time of working together. And other times we'll take our two-seater convertibles and we'll go drive behind each other on a windy road or down the freeway a little faster than we should. And having that time together really does help me uh, stay in a good mindset to have men that I can talk to and share in a, you know, a non uh, evasive way, but have a way in which I can go, man, these are the things that are really heavy on my heart. What are your thoughts? And sometimes they may not necessarily know exactly what to say, but just being present makes a huge, huge difference. So I have to give a, a mad shout out to them. And I, and I appreciate the, the men that reach out to me, even Leighton Anderson, he reaches out to me all the time. So I really appreciate their friendship and just being able to talk to them through some of the challenges that we've been going through as a family. I think the other thing that has been, that has really been critical for me to recognize and for my wife to recognize is that everyone deals with these challenges differently. And, and we need to recognize that different is not bad because you may be in a, an emotional place that is, you know, more sensitive that may, you know, cause you to go inward and reflect. And like my wife, she has a tendency to, to be emotionally, um, no, her, her, she weighs her emotions, sorry, she wears her emotions through her tears. And, you know, she came to me and she's like, man, Jody, she goes, why can't I just be like you? Why can't I not cry all the time? And, and I'm, and I'm listening to her. I'm like, look, sweetheart, just because you cry doesn't mean that you're weak. And it doesn't mean that I don't cry because there's many times in the morning when I'm on my knees and I'm praying and I'm pouring my heart out to God, asking for strength and guidance and counsel and insight on how to handle these, that tears are not streaming down my face in anguish and in frustration and in loss. And then once I get it out, then I can stand up and I can walk and be the strength that you need to be. So just because you may not necessarily see all of my tears doesn't mean that they happen. And also I may just deal with things a little differently. And I have made the mental decision, sweetheart, that I am going to be the strength that you need. And, and so that when you're struggling, I'm going to do everything I can to be the strength that will help you through those challenges. And that kind of realization, while it's been natural for me to do that, it was reinforced um, earlier in the summer when I was really, really weighed down with the challenges confronting not only our daughter, but also our son. And as I'm out wandering and I'm just pouring my heart out to God and I'm wrestling with, you know, what I should do and how I can help and really feeling kind of impotent. Um, I, the spirit rested on my heart and said, be the strength while finding the strength. And that really hit me. It's like, 
I need to be the strength for my children. I need to be the strength for my wife. And while I may not necessarily feel like I have the strength, I have to dig in and I have to find that strength and I have to be determined to be the strength that they need while I'm finding the strength. And what I found is that as I lean into my wife, as I lean into my children, that I find strength emotionally, physically, and spiritually that pushes me to a higher level that I never, ever expected within myself. And, I be, and I'm able to face these challenges with greater optimism, with greater fortitude, with a greater determination to go, you know what, I'm going to look for those rays of sunshine beaming through the storm, and I'm going to cling on to those. And I'm also going to anchor my soul to the principles and the faith that I have that will keep me moving in the right direction. And it's easy when we are caught up in the minutia of an experience that all we see is the chaos instead of keeping our sight and our heart on the vision of creating a unified and strong family and being the husband that our wife needs. And when we keep our focus on that vision, all the minutiae, yes, it's still there, but it kind of dissipates and we're able to see a greater picture. The other thing too is recognize that, especially if you have siblings of a child that has attempted suicide, that every one of your children are affected differently. Some of them may not want to talk about it. Others may carry it on their sleeves and be kind of frustrated and short and not really know what's going on. And others may want you to just go in and be with them and, and you know, sit by them and go, hey, you know what? What's on your heart? I'm here with you. And this past weekend, I had a phenomenal opportunity to drive down to Salt Lake with my daughter. And we had the most amazing two and a half hour talk where she just shared her struggles with what has been going on with her sister and how it has impacted her heart and how she's been frustrated and how she's been angry at seeing how we're treated and disrespected as, as parents. But yet she's like, I recognize that she's struggling. And so it's developed in me this empathy for her and for other people that are going through challenging times. And so recognize that every one of your children are going through this with you. They're going through it with their sibling. And what's been a huge blessing is, you know, the older kids have been a real source of strength to the younger siblings because they can turn to them and go, Hey man, can I talk to you? And I'm really struggling with the decisions they're making. And man, I, I just, I'm watching what's happening with um, how they're treating mom and dad. And it's just frustrating. What I, what can I do? And so having that, that strength has been really, really critical um, for the kids. You know, back to my, my wife's um, question to me, she's like, man, how come I can't be, um, you know, have the same emotional fortitude or, you know, not cry so much, you know, as I was thinking about that and thinking about my own experiences. And as I told her, I was like, look, just because you don't see all of my tears doesn't mean that I'm not 
struggling or that there are not moments that I myself are sad and frustrated and in anguish. And as I was thinking about that, one, I was thinking, I ended up writing a poem and I thought I'd share it with you because I think a lot of times we're experiencing these challenges of, of life and we're just like so frustrated that we just want to scream and we just want to get it out of our heart and our head and our mind. and We just want to be free from it. And so as I was wrestling with these thoughts, I ended up writing this poem and it's called Roar. So I'd like to read it to you and hopefully it'll have an impact on you guys. And it's, it's a Jody poem. So it's not a great poem, but it's from my heart. So here you go. When you just feel like crying, when you just feel like giving up, when you want to scream at the world, roar in your heart, roar in your silent prayers, roar in your anguish, roar through the tears and clenched teeth, roar as you rise to face the day. No one will ever hear the roar of your heart but they will see it in the way that you stand. Roar. You know, as I've worked through that, and, and I think a lot of men are like this, and maybe it's coming from a man's perspective. A lot of men don't like to share their emotions. They don't feel comfortable with it. And so internally they're wrestling with this frustration, this anger, this um impotence that they feel of not being able to help their loved ones or to control the situation. And what I found is that as we dig into our heart and we, and we embrace those dark moments, because I think a lot of times we just try to push them away. It's okay to embrace those dark moments, but it's not okay to stay there. And so once we've embraced them, we've thought about them, we've gotten it out of our head, we've written it on paper then it's up to us to get up and stand with courage, to stand with the determination to be the strength for our wife, to be the strength for our children. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy. But I found that as I walk with purpose, as I walk as best I can with unity with my wife, and as I you know, care for her and I love her and I lift her up and I also commiserate with her and also express how I'm feeling with her so that she knows that she's not alone and feeling frustrated and sorrowful. But you know what? It's like, look, sweetheart, this is where we are and this is where we're going to go together. And this is where we're going to take our family. And I think a lot of times we get so frustrated at what we can't do that we miss opportunities to do little things that have significant impact. The other thing that has been a huge impact, and I started this at the beginning of the year, is I created a grateful journal. So every single day, I write at least three things that I'm grateful for for that day. And what that has enabled me to do is to see those rays of hope that are shining into my life that are really blessings that are showing me that God's walking with us. And what I found is the more that I'm grateful, the more that I see the true blessings that are happening in my family. And so while they have been challenging and while some of, you know, I wouldn't wish these experiences on anybody, they have been refining experiences. 
They've smoothed out rough edges. They've exposed rough edges as well. But they've, as I've embraced them with humility and said, you know what, I need to improve. I need to hold my tongue. I need to hold my temper. I need to talk with greater love and compassion and empathy and try to understand how they're feeling. It is making me a better man. It's making me a better husband and father. At least that's what I feel like and that's what I'm aspiring to be. Guys, I want to thank you so much for walking this journey with me, for allowing me to share these experiences with, with me. I wanted in part to share these with you because I think a lot of times we're in the heat of the moment and we don't know what to do. But if we can do the things ahead of time, it will make the heat of the moment not so hot. And it will put us in a mindset that will enable us to calm the situation, to calm the hearts, to bring healing to the soul. And then not only will our loved ones be blessed, but our entire family will be blessed. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate your insight, your comments, your love. If there's anything that I can do to help you and if you're struggling with mental issues in your family, with your, your children, your wife, your uncle, whoever it is, if you want to just talk and have somebody that truly understands what it's like to walk these valleys, I'll walk with you. So please give me a shout. Shoot me a direct message. Send me an email, thefathersfire at gmail.com. I'd really appreciate if you would share this podcast with with other people so that hopefully it will impact their lives and help them and give them some tools that will be an impact once again thank you guys so much for joining me and we will check you same time same bat channel just next week right here on father's fire see ya